Welcome to the More Than a Physique podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, online fitness coach, content creator, and competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. In this podcast, we help you discover your inner athlete. Each episode will enhance your life as we provide you insights on all things health, fitness, and personal development. Now let's bring out your inner athlete. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the More Than a Physique podcast, where we discuss ways to ignite all areas of your life surrounding health, fitness, and becoming mentally elite. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, and welcome to episode 18. Wow, 18 episodes. I'm just completely shocked that we're already at 18 episodes. This podcast has been absolutely amazing, and I'm really enjoying it as much as I hope you guys are. So today, we're going to discuss how to become a flexible dieter. This is a term I feel is still unknown in the fitness world. A lot of coaches, they know this term, but those who would benefit from it most have really no idea what I'm talking about. Now, some of you may know what I'm referring to. I know there are some Natty Hour athletes who listen to this podcast who know what I'm talking about because I actually specialize in teaching how to implement this lifestyle. It's something I really believe in. It's something I'm very passionate about. So I'm really excited to discuss this with you all today. But for those who don't know, no flexible dieting isn't you stretching while you eat your food. I think that's maybe one of the first memes that pops up if you type in flexible dieting into Google. But no, flexible dieting, it's simply the counting and tracking of macronutrients, which is your protein, carbs, and fat, in order to achieve a body composition goal. It's not a fat loss program, more so a lifestyle. You can use this approach to lose weight, maintain weight, or even gain weight. A lot of people struggle with implementing this approach at first just because of your ability to eat whatever you want. And you still can achieve your body composition goals as long as you focus on hitting your calories, consume a sufficient amount of micronutrients, and protein. So if you're sick of having a bad relationship with food, or sick of feeling guilty when you have just one cookie, or maybe some popcorn at the theater, or even just having a piece of cake on your birthday. Implementing a flexible dieting lifestyle may be a desirable approach for you. So how do we do this? I'm gonna go over some specific steps that you can start implementing by yourself today in order to become a flexible dieter. Step number one, we need to let go. We need to let go of the belief that food is the enemy. And we need to quit demonizing it. At the end of the day, too much of anything is bad for you. Too much of broccoli is bad for you. Too much of water is bad for you. Too much of sugar, yes, it is bad for you. But in moderation, if you keep it controlled, you can still enjoy a little bit of sugar and still achieve your results and maintain a healthy lifestyle. At the end of the day, a cookie isn't going to make you fat. 
eating too many calories well. Next, we need to actually determine what your macronutrients should be. So you can actually start tracking what you are eating. There are many approaches to calculating your macronutrients. So I will quickly discuss how I recommend for most people to set up their macros. However, this is not specific to the individual and is subject to change based on your situation. Now, this portion of the podcast, it might be beneficial for you to take some notes. So bust out a notebook, take some notes, and then you can start determining what your macronutrients should be. Step number one is we need to determine what your maintenance calories are. A typical range for this is 13 to 15 calories of your lean body mass. So for example, if your lean body mass is roughly 120 pounds, your maintenance calories is approximately 1800. This has been calculated by taking 120 pounds and multiplying it by our multiplier range of 13 to 15. 120 times 15 equals 1800 calories. Now that we've had our maintenance calories determined for us, we have to actually break it out into the macronutrients. Again, our proteins, our carbs, and our fats. The first macronutrient that I always like to start with is your protein. Protein is first. It's the most crucial macronutrient and you want to ensure that you are consuming enough of it. So it's important to note here that one gram of protein is equal to four calories. A general recommendation is to consume one gram of protein per body weight. So going back to our example, if your body weight's 120 pounds, you're gonna be consuming 120 grams of protein. 120 times one gram. Protein's probably the most easiest one to determine. After we've determined that, if we take 120 and we times it by four, that's the amount of calories we have consumed just from protein. If we take that and minus it from our total amount of 1800, we're left with 1320 calories, which is to be allocated to our fats and our carbs. So the second macronutrient we want to determine now is our fats. Fat is essential to our everyday health. It has negative effects on our hormones if we aren't consuming enough of it. So it's important to note here that one gram of fat is equal to nine calories. A good recommendation for your fat allotment is approximately 30% of your calories remaining. So 30% of the 1,320 calories is going to be allocated towards fat. That will give you a fat target amount of 44 grams. If we take 44, we times it by the nine calories, that gives us the total amount of calories from fat that we have allocated. This is gonna leave us with 925 calories, which is to be allocated to carbs. So that leaves carbs, which is our last macronutrient. Same as protein, one gram of carb is four calories. Since we already know that we have 925 calories remaining, all we have to do is take this and divide it by four, and that's our carb allotment, which equates to 230 grams of carbs. So to summarize, you're looking at your macronutrients being 120 grams of protein, 44 grams of fat, and 230 grams of carbs. Again, this is just a generic example. 
for those who have been tracking for a while, typically have a very adaptive metabolism where they're able to consume and maintain weight on more calories. If you need to read up more on this example, make sure you click the link in the show notes where I did write an article of this. So if you need a more elaborative instructions of how to set up your macronutrients, make sure you check out the link in the show notes so you can actually see for yourself how to set up your macronutrients. Last step to becoming a flexible dieter is to do just that, be flexible. I have seen so many people who track their macros and they obsess over the numbers and accuracy of being down to the exact gram. Unless you are in contest prep or have a strict fat loss goal, there's no reason to get this extreme. The point of flexible dieting is to be flexible with your diet. If you are within a 10 gram difference of each macronutrient consistently, that's a successful day. If you take a day off from tracking for Thanksgiving or your birthday and aren't guilty for enjoying and aren't feeling guilty for enjoying some untracked food, treats, maybe a drink in moderation with your family, that's a successful day. Obsessing over consuming your exact macros each day is not the goal. Yes, accuracy is important. And the more accurate you are, the quicker you are likely to achieve your results. But something people fail to realize is it reduces the likelihood of long-term adherence. And I don't care what anyone says, adherence is key. If you can't find something you can adhere to long-term, then you aren't going to sustain your results. Bottom line. So ask yourself, Is obsessing over hitting your macros perfectly each day sustainable? Or is it eventually going to drive you crazy? Probably the latter. If so, then ask yourself if letting go of perfection and accuracy slightly is going to increase your adherence long term. If so, is slightly slower results that are more likely to be sustainable worth it? over quicker results that are likely unsustainable. Flexible dieting is meant for those who are looking for a more balanced lifestyle. For those who want to be able to have a piece of cake on their birthday, to have a glass of wine to celebrate with friends, to live a guilt-free life where food is no longer the control of your happiness. Start implementing these steps today. And I think you will find that becoming a flexible dieter can really shape you and set you up for success long term. It helps reduce the likelihood of yo-yo dieting and increases your overall relationship with food. Okay, well now I actually want to introduce something a little different into the podcast where After my discussion of the topic of choice, I answer roughly about two to three questions that I get in a week. And then we're going to finish the podcast off with where I'm at with my personal fitness journey. So if you have any questions or want anything answered on future episodes, be sure to send me an Instagram message or even tweet me. 
My Instagram handle is at kristen.jansen and my Twitter handle is at kristenjansen. One word and Jansen is spelt with a Z. I know I've been getting a lot of positive feedbacks and requests for longer episodes, so I wanted you to know what to expect with the format going forward, and I'm excited to get more personal with you all regarding some of the stuff that I'm going through. So let's jump into some of these questions. Question one, I feel super bloated all the time and I'm not sure why. Should I reduce my food? How do I fix this? So typically when people feel bloated, it's because their body isn't used to the macronutrient amount that it is consuming. Our initial reaction is to decrease our food, but that's not the first step that you want to implement. So if you are feeling super bloated based on the macronutrients that you calculated for yourself, I encourage you to give it a few weeks before actually making an adjustment. So some things to look at are actually your food choices. A lot of people, if they are new to flexible dieting, they've come from a more clean eating holistic approach, which is fine. I still want you to eat these healthy, whole nutritious foods, but if your macronutrients are a little bit higher than you expect, you can't actually consume 100% of your food from clean whole sources. And the reason for that is it's going to actually <laughs> cause the problem that you are currently having. It's going to bloat you. And the reason for that is because you are having too much fiber and people don't actually pay attention to the amount of fiber they are consuming and it is causing you to feel bloated, have some digestive issues, and you know what, it might not be too pretty in the bathroom. So that's step number one, is to actually start paying attention to the amount of fiber you are consuming. It's kind of a, another portion of your nutrition that you need to keep track of. It doesn't need to be as extreme as your macronutrients, but I would keep an eye on your fiber amount. A good rule of thumb is to make sure that you are having no more than 10 grams of fiber per 1,000 calories a day. So if you are consuming 2,500 calories, you don't want to have more than 25 grams of fiber. I typically have a plus 5 range on that amount, so my range for that would be between 20 and 30 grams of fiber. If you are consuming 2,500 calories and are having more than 30 grams of fiber in a day, you need to actually reduce the amount of fiber you are consuming. It's going to help tremendously. So a lot of people struggle with that because less fibrous foods does come from more simple carbs. And that's okay. I recommend having about an 80 to 20% allotment for healthy foods compared to treat foods. So if you were craving a cookie, maybe a Slurpee, or an ice cap, something like that, that is not gonna fill you up. It is more calorically dense. It's gonna help reduce that amount of bloating that you are feeling. Next thing to pay attention to is spacing out your protein amount. So you wanna try to have an even distribution of protein with each meal. We'll talk about meal timing maybe in another episode, but if you're having around five meals a day and you're consuming 120 grams of protein, you wanna space that out where you're having an even amount with each meal. If you are loading up on protein in just two out of your five meals a day, that can increase the amount of bloating that you're feeling tremendously. So pay attention to that as well. Hope that answers your question, thank you. 
Okay, question number two. I am starving all the time. What should I do? Okay, this is kind of the opposite here. Again, you want to start focusing on the types of foods that you are consuming. So the biggest thing that you want to do here, again, is actually to still pay attention to the amount of fiber you are consuming. If you are eating more calorically dense foods than what you should be, your fiber amount probably isn't going to be high enough to where it's actually keeping you nice and full. So same thing that I mentioned in my previous question is to pay attention to the amount of fiber you're consuming. If you are only consuming, say, 10 grams of fiber, you're not consuming enough nutritious whole foods. So make an effort, again, to focus on consuming more fibrous foods, focus more on more nutrient-dense foods. If you find that over time that you are still feeling super hungry and you are consuming a significant amount of fiber, it's at that point where I would actually recommend increasing your macronutrients. The first macronutrient I might recommend increasing is your protein amount. Protein keeps you full. If you aren't consuming enough protein, then it'll really help keep your tummy feeling more full. So I would recommend increasing your fiber amount first. Pay attention to that. Also ensure you're drinking enough water. And then if you were still feeling super hungry, I would just make a small increase in your macronutrients where you increase your protein, carbs, and fats by about 2%. And just pay attention to your body weight there, making sure that your body weight doesn't spike up too significantly. Just because of the increased amount of food, you will see an increase in glycogen storage, but that doesn't always mean that it's fat regain. So if you just make a small increase, that's gonna help you feel more full. Give your body a few weeks to see how it adapts and you will see that your body weight starts to level out. Okay, thank you all for your questions this week. Again, if you want your questions answered on future episodes, make sure you send me an email, an Instagram DM, or even just tweet me on Twitter. Okay, it is time for the where I am at right now portion of the podcast. And I've had a challenging week. If you don't know, I'm actually trying to put on some weight. I'm trying to add some muscle and to make some body composition changes in my current physique. So I have intention of adding muscle so that way when I go to compete again in bodybuilding, I bring a whole new package to the stage. Something I'm very excited about. It's probably something that's not gonna happen for maybe another three years or so. So I have lots of time, but if you are a natural bodybuilder, you guys know how long it takes. And this sport actually really requires a lot of patience. So three years sounds like a lot to a lot of people, but from a bodybuilding sport perspective, it's not a lot of time. So I have my goals in my head completely planned out for the next three to four years. I do plan on competing in powerlifting, but just due to my back injury, it's not something that I think will happen before I compete in bodybuilding. Powerlifting probably won't happen until afterwards. But I woke up this morning and I weighed in at 133 pounds. That doesn't sound like a lot for most people, but for someone like myself, I grew up being extremely skinny. I struggled to get myself to be over 100 pounds in my early 20s and I had to put a lot of work just to get myself up to about 115 pounds, which took me um, probably until two years ago. So, I mean, I just was able to get up to this amount of weight 
just in the last two years. So it's been a struggle for me to put on weight. So yes, waking up to 133 pounds this morning, it was a lot. And I'm not complaining. In fact, I'm actually excited to see the scale jump up to this amount. I know that I'm making body composition changes. And something that's really cool here is that I actually get to work on my mindset. My initial reaction, it was like what most people have when they see the scale jump up where you're like, oh my God, WTF, what the hell? Why'd the scale go up? And you have that initial snap reaction of kind of freaking out a little bit. But a reaction I, I, I don't deal with a lot. I haven't really had the feelings of letting the scale freak me out when I see it go up. But I've been dealing with it a lot lately since trying to put on some weight. So the reason I'm excited about it because I get to work on my mindset here, is it allows me to see what my athletes and clients go through when the scale creeps up on them. It allows me to become a better coach so I can teach them the strategies I use to, to deal with the scale going up. And to elaborate on that, I know that I'm, like I said, I'm making body composition changes. They're in line with my goal. And for me to achieve my goal, the scale has to go up. It also allows me to show you that it's not the end of the world. It's just a number. That's it. I look in the mirror and I'm proud of what I see. I'm proud of the hard work that I've put in because it's reflected in not the number on the scale, but with how I look, what I see and how I feel. I have so much energy. I'm so much more stronger in the gym. So I know that my goals are in line with my results. So the number doesn't matter. And at the end of the day, my goal for myself is to change and reshape my body. Being comfortable with the uncomfortable weight gain is just a part of the process. I'd rather have the willingness to be uncomfortable to achieve my long-term goals than to settle for where things currently are and never achieve anything. Because if you aren't moving forward, you settle for where things are. Isn't it true? So that's about it for me right now. It's been a good challenge this week. There's been a lot of wins and I'm just excited to continue to be able to progress as an athlete and be more confident in my own skin and not let a number dictate my self-worth ever. Well, my friends, that about wraps up this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed the new format. I'm excited to make improvements to the podcast so I can continue to provide you all with value on a weekly basis. Something I want to do going forward is to continue to keep this podcast decluttered from ads. So if you enjoyed this episode and would like to keep it ad-free, make sure you head over to patreon.com backslash Kristen Jansen, where you can make a donation for as little as $2 to support this podcast. Again, that's patreon.com backslash Kristen Jansen. Thank you all so much for listening. I look forward to chatting with you all next week. So until then, go out there this week, strive for more, be more, and ignite your inner athlete.